Bwana Sifiwe. We have been going through the, for the whole month various aspects of marriage. And um, today we look at managing Christian family finances. During the first service, we actually set up um, the, the basis for our, for our discussion on family finances. And uh, like you will see on my second card, we say that beliefs are the ones that determine attitude. And attitude determines behavior. A lot of the financial problems in our marriages is behavior of the husband or the behavior of the wife. But um, I will not be able to go to the details of what happened in the first service because this church actually tips. So I would encourage you to look to, to, to buy the tape for the first service and understand that, that really you have to deal with your, with, your, with, your with your beliefs if you want your marriage to benefit. Now in the second service, we started looking at various beliefs. What is Christian marriage according to the, according to the Bible? And uh, like you will see, you are going to see on the card number four, we say that your marriage can either be traditional or Christian. And that it is possible for somebody to be, for two people to be born again. The husband is saved, the wife is saved, but the marriage is not saved. They actually literally ran the marriage, like I said during the second service, they ran their marriage exactly the way the grandfather ran it. When you, when you, you go to a family, they are both born again, the child is crying, the husband cannot pick the child. Why? Kikuyu men do not take babies. So you understand that although the man is saved, it's critical to understand his marriage is not saved. saved. And although he may be only 25, he's Physical body is 25, his mental age is 18. Now you need to understand <laughs> you need to understand that age has nothing to do with the body. It's a mental condition. Am I communicating? And you can have all those difficulties. So that sometimes you go to you go to a young marriage. The man is a terror in the home, trying to imagine what his grandfather used to do. Because that basically, irrespective of his biological age, his mental age is the same as his grandfather. Are we, am I communicating? So it is important to find out if there is going to be proper Christian family financial management. It will be important to find out whether your marriage is Christian. On the, on the next card, on card number five, I explain that if you truly are a Christian, then you must surrender your choices to Christ. Whether you're a husband or wife, the last choice any Christian ever made is the choice of Christ. And as soon as you choose Christ, all other choices are left to the Lord. And I was sharing with the, with the first half especially that when you are a young man, it is important to understand that Christian boys do not choose wives. They only find what God has already chosen. And it's very important to understand Christian husbands do not make choices. They find out what God has chosen. And if you run your marriage according to Christ's choices, what else can you get but peace and blessing for your marriage. And we emphasize during the second service, it is important to do that. And we looked at certain choices. We said, we, 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 we read Matthew, um, and Matthew 19 and explained that according to Jesus, it is possible that a lot of the Old Testament husbands and wives were not running their marriage the same way. He said, for example, Moses allowed you to have divorce. Why? You are no longer behaving the way God created. It was not like that from the beginning. beginning. And so we realize that if you truly want to know what a godly marriage is, you do not go to the Old Testament to find it. You go back to the book of Genesis. And so we read together Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 and 25, which said, For this reason, 
a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. And so he found about five characteristics of a godly marriage. First, though the husband and the wife have left their earlier homes, so that the marriage, the new marriage, is not managed by the father-in-law or the mother-in-law. Are we together? A lot of financial issues are because they are husbands who are managed by, from remote control by their rural home. If a man may be 80, the guy may be 50, but he never makes decisions except according to the old guy. Am I communicating? So you need to understand that a lot of those problems is because the man has not left. The characteristics of a Christian marriage is you begin a completely new entity, not managed elsewhere except from God himself. Secondly, we say we have found that if a Christian marriage, people cleave together. They not only leave their previous marriages, they create a new unit by cleaving to one another. And what is cleaving is friendship. I, in, in that service, I recommended you pick my book uh, on friendship, where we, I try to define according to the Bible what friendship is. And a lot of your financial issues is because you are managing money with an enemy. So you are always conscious he could clean you out. <laughs> so you are rather careful the way money is managed. It may be a husband, but uh, potentially as if. Now, it's very important. <laughs> it's very important that when a marriage is being run on that condition, can you see the trouble? It all has to do with the people who are not cleaving. Before you married her, you could buy her chips. Now you can't even afford a sausage. Now it's very important to understand it has to do with the idea you do not invest time for friendship. Thirdly, we said you become one flesh. If you truly are a godly marriage, you will be one flesh. And fourthly, that you will be both naked. You will be transparent. And uh, you will be people who are not ashamed of one, of one another. On card number seven, we say the real problem of financial management has to do with your purpose for marriage. That if you really married for money, instead of seeing the husband, you saw a bank. And basically, that's why you are attracted to him. You realize with all your poverty history, if only you married this guy, you have crossed the valley of poverty. Now, now he came, and unfortunately, the bank happened to be rural and urban. It collapsed. <laughs> now, basically, is it in wonder about the kind of problems you're having in your marriage? Because the guy cannot meet the need for your marriage. Because you married a bank, he turned out, he turned out to be a pauper. Now, if you married for correct biblical reason, the only reason the Bible gives, like I'm saying on that card number seven, is companionship. So that the critical thing about marriage is have you found a companion? And I, I would encourage you to buy the tape for the second service to see some details on that one. So we, we now took a bit of time to look at Christian marriage and the things it emphasizes. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 12, we, we learned that the, the, a, a, marriage, a, a godly marriage will be a marriage not between two people but between three. It will be husband, wife, and God. You cannot have your marriage being called a godly marriage if God is not in control. Who controls your bank account? Is it the husband? Is it the wife? None of the above should be controlling. Who should be controlling? God. And we emphasize in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 2, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. A marriage where the control is not in the husband's hands or the wife's hand but in God's hands, what can it get but blessing? Like we emphasize. Next, we said on counter number nine, we emphasize is based on transparency. That, that really, financial issues happen when you don't become transparent. You hear of a women who actually have an account for a rainy day. Have you heard it? That in minimum marriage, they're canceling you know, showers you know, before the wedding. 
you, every woman tells you, don't be a fool. <laughs> Although you are marrying, remember to have one for the rainy day. So the husband thinks you are poor, <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, there is still money for the rainy day. That lack of transparency can cause chaos. For example, you are going to the rural home, but you know that whenever your husband says, I have no money, he still has 5,000. No money means 5,000. You know that. That he doesn't, he's not quite transparent. So when he says, darling, no money, he still has 5,000. So what happens? You are visiting home, then your nephew is not having clothes. Since you know that even if you give everything, there will still be money, what do you do? You give, you, you give your nephew, the wife gives the nephew all the coins that she had. But you know the husband also knows that whenever a woman says no money, there's still 2,000 in the pocket. No money means 2,000. And on their way back, they have to put petrol, but all they need is 1,000 shillings. So you go to the petrol station, and then you tell him put 1,000. Then he says pay. No, you pay. No, pay. Because you know, you say, no, you have money. I don't. Can you imagine the embarrassment? Petrol is already in the tank. None of the two has any money. <laughs> Why? Because they are not transparent with one. And when you embarrass the man in his own village petrol station, is there going to be peace in Nairobi? <laughs> you need to understand you are calling it a financial problem, but it's the belief system that's a problem. Because they have a traditional marriage, not a Christian marriage. When a Christian man says, I have no money, he means N-O, no money. He never lies. Even white lies are still called lies. The Bible doesn't have colors for lies. Now, it's very important to understand <laughs> transparency. Transparency means there is nothing you, you know that the husband does not know. A lot of financial issues is because of that money for the rainy day. And I want to tell you something. Do you know there are some prayers we just say prayers? There are some we act. When you actually go ahead and open an account for a rainy day, you are telling God, bring the rain. Is it in wonder the rain comes? Because you see you have an account for the rain, eh? Now you have been married for 10 years, it will never come. God is not answering prayers. Now the rain finally comes. It is important to be transparent, we, we emphasize. Secondly, we said it is important to understand that Christian marriage is based on trust and vulnerability. And again, I will encourage you to look at, to look at, uh, to listen to the cassette of the second service to understand that. And then we went and said, a Christian marriage, if you are going to manage your money properly, you need to be based on permanence. We read um, Matthew 19, 5 and 6, and uh, verse 6 says, so they are no longer two but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. You know, if you truly are seeing yourself until death do us part, a lot of financial issues don't come in. Because even if the money goes from your pocket to the husband's pocket, it's still, you, you still get it, isn't it? The reason why a lot of people have difficulties managing their finances is because they don't see themselves in old age together. How can you be expected to run your marriage together, your money together, aware of that person is going to leave you? You cannot, you can, there will be a lot of difficulties, isn't it? Because it's very important to understand that will be, you cannot see that. But if you, have, if you see yourself as going on for a long time, then even a small problem, like your wife makes a mistake and buys something more expensive than it should be, you know the next time she would correct it. But if you think she's about to leave you, are there chances that you are going to take a lot of risks? So a lot of the behavior that is bringing trouble in your marriages is it goes back at the back of your umbrella. You know somewhere at the back, it is you are still waiting for a day when the marriage will break. Are we together? But when you are a Christian, 
You know the Bible doesn't taste. God does not dislike divorce. What does he do? Hates it. So that, like I told that service, marriage is one-way traffic. And in one-way traffic, unless you want to commit suicide, if you make a mistake and turn the wrong direction, keep going the wrong direction until the roundabout. Am I communicating? So you don't, you don't start changing unless you want to die. So you, start, you know it's the wrong direction, but you keep going. So although you thought she's a good girl, now she's in your home and you know she is not. Please understand until the roundabout. And what, the roundabout, what is the roundabout called? Death. Am I communicating? When you realize that this lady is with you until the roundabout, then you will be forgiving on any mistakes she does. And you'll be able to manage your money together. Are we together? It's very important that you understand. So permanence is a Christian requirement for marriage. And the day you look at your marriage as something permanent, a lot of your financial issues are going to be sorted out very, very easily. The next thing I want to, to mention, I want to read Matthew 19.6. Repeat Matthew 19.6. It says, so there are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. What this one is saying, there are no longer two, there are one. Christian marriage is a marriage <laughs> where there are not two, there are one. We know in mathematics it's normally one plus one equals but this mathematics in Matthew is one plus one equals one. I can tell you clearly, there is no traditional marriage that can understand this. Because although, even when we, we, the husband says the two shall become one, Akikuyu says, which one is the husband? Now, basically, the wife is supposed to be swallowed by the man. So, basically, they are obeying the Bible. No, 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 the Bible is saying the new one is neither the husband nor the wife. You know, during my wedding in 1979, there was a guy who knew a lot of science. The, the, the man who spoke on behalf of my father-in-law knew science. And he said, John, don't be a mogumo tree. A mogumo tree is a, a kiku sacred tree, which has a very funny characteristic. <laughs> when the mogumo tree is planted in an area, those of you from Central Province, you know what I'm talking about. Within no time, all the other trees become little mogumos. I don't know how the roots are able to go, and affect the other trees in the neighborhood. And if you go there five years later, all the trees are? Those of you from Central Province, am I right? It's a very strange behavior. I think that's why the crew thought they must be, it must be sacred. And the man told me in 1979, John, please understand that's not a Christian marriage. In a Christian marriage, men are not mogumo? Three. They are like modern grafting in agriculture. Where you take an apple, you take an orange, you graft them. The fruit that comes out is neither orange nor apple. It has a new taste. Am I communicating? That is what is Christian marriage. You, you taste it. It is neither orange nor apple. It's a new apple orange. Am I communicating? <laughs> when that is what happens in your marriage, you have oneness. It will be not difficult for money to come together. Please understand that when we talk about this oneness, it's physical. And physical is the easiest. So basically, that's when we teach children, we realize you are physically one. But it's very important to understand that it's easy. But it's also needs to be psychological, psychological oneness. Where, because you are now married, married, none of you is, uh, uh, has emotion, lack of emotional support. I want to tell you, unfortunately, and I'm sure the, the young girls will not want to hear this, is the researchers show the most lonely women are married women that single women have been found to be having less loneliness than married women. Because single women may be alone but not lonely. 
They are able to fellowship with other ladies. They are able to fellowship at work. You get married, and every time you meet another man or meet another woman, you have to give a report to a man. So it's kind of, you have to be very careful who you are relating with. But there is no trouble in as long as your husband is a companion. Then this guy becomes a dog in a manger. Do you know what a dog in a manger is? A manger is a place where you put, you put food for the cows. So the dog goes there, but they can't eat the fodder crop. But they will not allow the cows to eat either. Here is a husband who will not have a companionship, and yet will not allow you to have companionship. So what do you become? A lonely wife. Am I communicating? It's totally unchristian. And unfortunately, research does not exclude Christian marriages. Where husbands are no longer companions, the Bible expected them to, to be. Can you then see very quickly that if you don't feel like you are one at, uh, at, at, at that level emotionally, they will, it will also affect the financial issues. Because you have your own way of spending money trying to create the companionship. Of course, it all includes spiritual, spiritually one. And I could spend quite a bit of time talking about in marriage, you are supposed to be spiritually one. Then socially, you are supposed to be seen and one. And economically, you are supposed to be one. You cannot claim to be married and not that. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 4, on card number 13. The wife's body, that is 1 Corinthians 7, 4, the wife's body does not belong to her alone, but also to her husband. In the same way, the husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also to his wife. Are you getting the idea that marriage is a very dangerous step? Because the day you marry the man, he owns you. And that's not Kikuism. <laughs> that is the Bible. Read it for yourself in case you think it's Nangaism. Just read it. The Bible has said that the... Let me read that again. In NIV. <laughs> that, <laughs> the wise body does not belong to her alone, but also to her husband. So on the wedding day, you have to make up your mind. Those of you who are single, listen to me clearly. You are, it is asking you to don't get married if you want to be alone. The other day I was, I, was, uh, I was speaking in a college on how to find a life partner. During question time, one of the students put up his, the, the hand and said, now, please tell me, if I get married, they are not married at uni college, if I get married, will that marriage affect my career? And I told, the, I told the people, yes. Because the Bible already said so. That as long as you are not married, you are totally in charge of your body. The day you get married, your body is not your body. It belongs to your husband or your wife. Now, that's a very threatening thing. That you own it, but don't own it. Now, am I, am I, am I communicating? Now, let me ask you the question. Don't you see the implications, in the, the implications to money? If your money is in your pocket. Am I right? If your body does not belong to you, but belongs to your husband, where it's about your money that is in the pocket, that is the clothes, that is on your body? <laughs> Am I communicating? Yeah. That there is no way you can call yourself a Christian man and you have money that your husband, your wife does not own. It's a very, very important, very important thing for you to understand. That it is critical to understand that you cannot have a Christian marriage where money is not married. If your checkbooks are not yet married, then you are truly not a Christian married. And until your money marries, you are not yet married. married. It's a very critical thing for you to understand. I know what I'm saying is not easy. In our marriage seminars with my wife, I have come to conclusion, among Pentecostals born again believers, 60% of the marriages, money has never gotten married. They know what the Bible says, but it is not practical. So they would rather, they would rather carry it their own way than the biblical 
And that's why I'm being very careful not to tell you my beliefs. I want you to read it in the Bible. That critically you need to understand that you, as, you can have your traditional marriage, but please don't call it Christian. The day you want a Christian marriage, then it will be important for you to understand you cannot have money that you have. You know, you know some, of the, some, some of us pastors, uh, I'm not a pastor, but some pastors sometimes are interesting. He hears the story of somebody who has bought his wife a car. And then he says, wow, ah, that is a wonderful example for everybody to hear. So he, he says, brethren, today we need to give a clap to John Nganga because he bought his wife a car. Sounds very nice, isn't it? But let me ask you a question. If the Bible says that all the money of the husband belongs to the wife, how did he buy a car? He must have first of all stolen the money, then bought the car. We are now clapping for Aviv. <laughs> there is no way a husband can buy a wife a car. It is technically impossible according to the scriptures. Because all the money belongs to the wife. So where did he get the money to buy the car? He is a thief professional. Now it's very important. It is an important thing for you to understand that a lot of the financial problems you're having in our marriages is because you have rejected the biblical system for managing your family finances. A very, very critical thing. I've given a number of reasons on card number 14 as to why it will be important for us to, to do that. And, um, and maybe I begin with, with, the, with the reasons I give in card number 13. I, first of all, I'm saying the reason why your money should get married is because it's biblical. You belong to each other. So therefore, if you belong to each other, your money should belong to one another. It is critical for you to, for you to I agree you are taking risks. Like when you mix your money, it's a very big risk. But now I want to tell you, you already took a risk. Do you know a lot of you love your children, isn't it? But I want to tell you, man, your son has the genes of your wife. What is a bigger risk than that? Because if he has the genes of your wife, then if he has certain congenital diseases that are in her inheritance, they are in your son. When you married her, you took a risk that all the diseases in her lineage are going to be in your son. <laughs> Am I communicating? <laughs> now, what is money? Even if she stole all your money, you can make more, isn't it? What about her son? Can you manufacture one without her? It's very important to understand. <laughs> it's very important to understand that a lot of people don't want to mix their money because it's a big risk. But marriage itself is a risk. So it's critical that you understand that. And I'm saying that the Bible knows it's a risk, but it still is a requirement. So the first reason why your money must be managed together is because it's a biblical requirement. The second thing is our marriage vows. And I'm not talking to a single to the married. On the wedding day, these pastors make us say things. But at that time, there's so much love, you say it easily. <laughs> you know, like a wife has to say, I have given you of all my worldly possessions. Isn't that what we... Do women say the same thing as the men? Yeah, even women say, I've given you all my worldly possessions. But that she is saying that, all her clothes and all her possessions is in a box in the best man's vehicle. So basically, when she says everything, it's a box in the... Yeah. Two years later, she has been working, she has a lot of money. She said, I didn't mean it. I was only joking. <laughs> But you need to understand that to God, it's not a joke. Say, don't make a vow because you, God will not hold you innocent. If you, have you read that in the Bible? Yeah. So if you stand in a wedding as a man and you say that I have given this girl all my worldly possession, please understand from that moment, you cannot go one week later and she has to beg you money. She owns it. Oh, you know some wives have to write a proposal. <laughs> To get money and it has to be defended. <laughs> now, you need to understand that you can do that with your son, 
but you can't do that with your wife. Why? You told everybody before man and God, she now owns the man as they did. She can advise you she has spent. That's her advice. Not requesting. Am I communicating? Because it's her money. It's critical to understand that the second reason why money must be managed together is because not to do that, you are a liar. Are we together? It is a, now, thirdly, I say, I, I, I say that it is to avoid competition in marriage. I want to tell you, the most freeing thing is when Rebecca and John, we got married. And I realized that my money is her money and her money is my money. Do you know what happens? If I get a promotion, she also gets a promotion. If she gets a promotion, I also get? You don't know what damage you do to your marriage for your accounts not to be joined. Because then the wife has money, the wife husband has money. And when one of you gets promoted, the other one is jealous. And it has a lot of implications, like I was saying during the other week when I was talking about uh, balancing family and career. That it has a lot of implications. Because how, once the money is not together, people are competing. Do you know somebody says, you know my wife is very rich. How can your wife be rich? I mean, it, it simply is not biblical language, but it is spoken in very road. It's a critical thing. There is no way where your wife can be rich. You are together. Am I communicating? So how could you have a richer wife than the husband? All money is joined together. And the day your money is together, then you'll do everything to ensure your wife does her MBA. Because if she does it and gets a promotion, the family accounts get richer. You know, in this, in this Christian marriage, it's like a little like communism. In communism, they say, you produce according to your ability, you use according to your need. And that's what Christian marriage is. It doesn't matter who brings the money. If you have more, if the wife has a higher salary, it's irrelevant. Because it is, you produce according to ability, but use according to need. The wife may be producing a bigger salary, but her dress is only a thousand. Then when they agree they are going to the shop for the purchase, it will not matter the husband, the wife contributes more money. If the husband's suit is 2,000 and the wife's dress is 1,000, they have no problem. Because you don't use money according to who, who, who produced it. You use it according to, I repeat, Christian marriage, you produce according to ability and use according to, can you see the implications in your financial management? That there are a lot of the fighting, who used the money? And I, like I told you, there are several, there are, the, the, the competition is a problem. For example, your children need the mother, like I said that time. Your children need a mother. But if you actually do not join your accounts, which woman would agree to stop her job to become a beggar? So that every time she has to ask, some people even have to ask money for the knickers. Now, it is not possible for a university graduate woman to stop her job to be begging money from a, from a man. Am I communicating? So what you require that the money is put together. And once the money is together, it's still her money. A wife can resign her job to look after your son. Because she knows it doesn't matter who produces the money. The money will be used by both of them and the children. Am I communicating? So there are a lot of issues that you have to deal with on that particular, on, on, on particular point. That if you want, if you accurately do want, that you, have, you sort out your family finance, then you take God's advice. That you stop competition. So that you, you okay, the, the drama was talking about people compete between, who compete with outsiders, but at least there will be no competition. The greatest source of comfort is to know there is one man on earth, one woman on earth, who is not a competitor. Because even, even your sisters, you are born, you are a woman, you are both sisters, they are comparing, saying who is doing better than the other. Does that happen? Yeah. The only person you don't compete with is the one you have a joint account with. 
Because any increase is our increase. Am I communicating? Any promotion is our promotion. But if you want to behave like your, your husband is your brother, then there will be competition, isn't it? It is a thing. Next, I, I say that produce according to ability. I, next in verse in 14, I say synergy. Only possible if you put your money together. Are we together? If you have two accounts, two separate accounts, and you want to apply for something, for example, you want to apply for a loan, but you have separate monies, what happens? The bank looks at the account in their, in their system, isn't it? And they say they cannot give you money. I want to tell you what is synergy. In management, we say synergy is the product out of combined effort. For example, you can lift, the wife can lift five pounds. The husband is stronger, can lift 10 pounds. Between the two, they will, pro, they will be able to lift 15 pounds. In a synergy, they say, you, when you work together, you do not lift 15, you, pro, you lift 17. The extra two is a product of synergy. Am I communicating? That when you work together as father and wife, you, it will not be the total two. It will be now. Now that's a, a little, in the other service, I told you about federations and uh, unitary. You know, Majibo. And I, and I was saying that uh, in, Maji, in, Majibo, in Majibo system, you operate separately. Now, that's the same thing when a husband and a wife operate separately. There is a lot of, uh, there is a lot of havoc. Not too long ago, and when I say not too long ago, it could be 10 years. But not too long ago, a friend of mine, and I'm talking about my age mate, a believer, came home one day and found that his house was swept clean. Not a single thing. I won't tell you which estate, but then you are likely to know my friends. Now, he came home and not, he did not find anything there. And he went in and then came out. The neighbors looked. And they were surprised that he was surprised. Because <laughs> he thought thieves had come and cleaned his house. When, when the neighbors realized how surprised he was, they, they, actually, they actually came nearer. Says, are you not moving houses? Why? Your wife is the one who came and cleared. Obviously, now he could not say another single word. Because the wife had come and cleaned the house, everything, but had not told the husband. Now the question was to do investigation, private eye, to find out where the wife has gone. So because you went with everything and the children. Finally, in their, in, their, in their traditional customs, you finally ask the parents to intervene, and the parents intervenes. So they finally went to the rural home to discuss. And obviously the parents could not understand how a Christian couple were going different ways. So during the discussion, the wife was told to speak first. Why would you do this to your husband? How would you carry things out? The wife said, ask him when he went to that house whether there is a single item he owns I carried out. The, the father of the man turned. Is it true? It is true she carried her things. <laughs> so the, husband, the, the, her father, the father of the man wondered, what an embarrassment of a son. You have not been buying anything in that house. It was his time to put the defense. He said, we work together. The money, my money buys capital expenditure items. Her money is for revenue expenditure items. Anything that has no title. So clothes, do they have a title? The wife buys. <laughs> Chapatis, do they have title? The wife buys. <laughs> but the house they were living in was on mortgage. Who was paying? They also had a plot in Gong. Who had paid? They had that plot, and I won't tell you because you know who I'm talking about. They had many plots, but for all their lives, they had been married, I think, for 10 years. For all their lives, all the total salary of the man was committed. So there is nothing you could buy for the house. Do you know initially it sounded okay to have separate accounts, run your marriage separately, and they were born again, they were going okay. Until somewhere I wondered, this man has never bought me a dress. It's true he had never bought, because he remember his items had to have a title. Now, so he could not buy, <laughs> he could not buy, buy a dress. So the parents, he was totally embarrassed before the parents. Then he tried to explain. 
I thought we had agreed when we married. He said, ask him. Even, do you know the, man, the woman was really born again? When she separated the things, the only thing she left in the house was anything given in the wedding by the man's relatives. Can you imagine 10 years later, she knew exactly who had given what. <laughs> and so she knew, and I'm, I wish I was telling a story. It's a, real, it's a real thing that happened. That's why I'm being careful not to give information about anybody in case, by the way, he could be in the congregation just now. But, <laughs> but I, I hope you allow me because nobody will know who you are. <laughs> now, so basically he told his parents, please understand, that's what we had agreed. So they had to agree in that, that time that he has to change. That the wife expects dresses to be both. Because the argument is very simple. In inflation. Inflation was higher on her type of project than his type of project. So he was not giving much. His commitment was too low compared with inflation. Can you see a total folly for you to claim to be married? And one person is buying certain things and the other one is buying certain things. Because you cannot control inflation. And inflation for one thing is not inflation for another. You know the one for the Central Bureau of Statistics? They have agreed on the bag, of, the bag of items to be in that. So unless you agree now the bag of items in the husband's inflation, <laughs> am I communicating that it is total folly to say you are married and your man is not yet married. married? It is critical to that. You will lose synergy. You cannot do projects. When you work together, then the husband will buy the house, but you'll buy a smaller house. Why? He's only relying on his ability to pay the mortgage. If the money was put together, you now check what is it we need to remove in the budget, whether it is food budget or capital project, it doesn't matter. You now reduce your budget so that you can buy a better house. Not for the husband to stay in, but for the whole family to stay in. It is total folly, but that's the way, 60, my estimate, is that 60% of the born again people, now and I'm not telling you about the non-Christians, are living like that and still claiming to have Christian, Christian marriages. So I'm suggesting that it will be critical that you understand that you cannot get synergy. Verse 9, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. In other words, a marriage must have a mission statement. What is it the marriage exists on? And that mission statement is not the mission of the husband or the mission of the wife. I would like, since I have run out of time, I may not spend time about how to develop a mission statement. But if you took my book, my recent book is called A Leader Source of Influence. And one chapter is on how to discover your mission. And I'm suggesting it will be important for a couple to read that chapter on discovering your mission, your vision and mission. And then they must develop a family mission statement. Why do we exist as a couple? Because until you agree why you exist as a couple, there will be a lot of financial problems in your system. Because when a husband uses money, say, why? That's a waste of money. But if you could agree what your mission statement is, what is this work that the family exists to fulfill, then it means that your wife can easily use money even without asking you. But in as long as she is using it for that mission, will, you, will there be any complaint? No. But now that you have two families, two families within one family, there is a lot of trouble. I keep telling young people, you don't marry people, you marry their missions. And that's why a lot, of, a lot of missionaries who came to Africa had to break up with their sweethearts. Why? He felt called to Africa. The girl feels called to get rich. And basically, they had to separate. When you marry, you must marry missions. It is before you, you propose to a girl, find out what her mission in life is. And if your two missions are not related, please don't get married. But that's only for single people. You are married yourself. Don't listen to that. <laughs> now, now that you are married, you must come and find out now that that now that you have two missions, how are the, can the two missions get married? Because until you have one common mission, 
there is still going to be a lot of difficulty in budgeting together because your emphasis and your value systems are going to be different. Let me repeat the verse, verse 9. Two are better than one. Why? Because they have good return for their work. They have synergy because they work together. And I think it's very, very important that that is going to be, that's going to be understood. That when you work together, you are likely to get better return. Let me look at verse, verse 9 again and emphasize that, that, that money is a means of fulfilling a mission. And when you use the money to fulfill a mission, there is going to be less and less issues in that. As I finish, because you have to finish, I just want to read Matthew chapter 25, verse 20. Matthew chapter 25, verse 20, uh, on the card number 16. It says, The man who had received the five talents brought the other five Master, he said, you entrusted me with the five talents. See, I have gained five more. You know what I'm saying is that your attitude, earlier I've been talking about attitude to marriage. I'm now saying your attitude to wealth can bring you financial problems in marriage, in managing. I am saying, if, but if you are to realize according to the scriptures, that whether you're a man or a woman, you're a steward for what you have. You don't own it. It will change you. When a man feels like, I own the money, then every time he says, you are wasting my money. But please understand that the money is a gift from God. And whether you're a man or a woman, you are just a steward of that money. Realize your wealth will not affect your happiness since the wealth is not yours. You know, if you, saw, if you say a driver, uh, a driver who is driving a Mercedes, but you know it is not his Mercedes, does it impress you? You look behind on the left-hand corner who is seated there. That's the guy you admire. Am I communicating? Please understand, a husband is simply a driver. The, seat, the one seated on the left-hand corner is God. It belongs, the Mercedes belongs to God. And you know when you have this idea of a steward, a lot of the pride that is causing, causing competition in the families will not be there because you realize that it is important God is the owner. And when he is the owner, you will talk still about the money, but you will be critical because you will be talking as a steward rather than an owner. The next card in card number 17, I'm saying money has to be a tool, not a treasure. A lot of the financial problems in marriage are because you feel like your account has a million shillings. If your wife buys a dress, it becomes 900,000, 900, whatever. I don't know how, how much the dress will cost. <laughs> and you feel like I'm no longer a millionaire. There is trouble at home that day. Because you bought a dress. Am I communicating? Yeah. Because to you, money measures your value. Yeah. The scriptures are different. They are saying our wealth is in heaven, isn't it? So it means that whether your account has a million or two shillings, you are still as valuable to God as before. In a lot of the problems in marriages, it's because you feel like your marriage is doing better when, they, when, they, when, when you have more money and doing worse when you have less money. You know, Matthew 6, 20 is saying, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Where more than rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There will be no quarrel on use of money as long as it's aimed at making a difference to the glory of God. I finish with Psalms 121 verse 1. It says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And I'm saying your attitude to wealth should not be the source of your livelihood. Money is not the source of your livelihood. My Bible is saying, where does my help come from? From the Lord. From the Lord. Not from Barclays Bank. Or is it Ruro and Urban? 
not collapsed. Now it's very important to it's very important to understand that the, and Professor Lawrence Scrub in his book Biblical Counseling actually emphasizes this point: there is no one who can meet another's need. Your need can only be met in God. And a lot of wives are frustrated by husbands who cannot provide. Because somebody cheated you that husband could and you married him to provide. But you have discovered what you should have known from the beginning biblically. Your help does not come from a man, whether big or small, whether fat or thin. Your helps come from? From the Lord. It's so critical that you understand that. Because what that means is that for now, your husband has a good job. And it is bringing a lot of money. But please understand, your help is not coming from his good job. Your help is coming from? One of these days you may be made redundant. Or you may retire like me who, who, has, who has reached retirement age. But I want to tell you something. Provision for Rebecca does not come from my employer. It does not come from me. It comes from God. Let me ask you a question. And which I've used this example many times. Let me ask you a question. If you have no water in your, in your, in your house, do you have a quarrel with the pipe? It may be a green pipe, but you know the trouble is not the pipe. It's the city council to blame. You pay the bills and there is no water in the reservoir. Am I communicating? Yeah. So, what happens? As long as the reservoir has water, the frog can enter into the pipe, but the city council can come and open it and put a red pipe. There was a green pipe before, now it's red. Do you care the color of the pipe? As long as water comes to the kitchen. Am I communicating? In the same way, when you see God as your reservoir, the one who provides, then a lot of quarrels between husbands and wives will die. Because you don't look at that woman as your provider. You look at, you don't even look at her job as a provision. You look at God. So one, day, one of these days, when your wife is jobless, you know that whatever money was coming through her job, God is going to provide. It is true the pipe is not bringing, but you go back to the reservoir, isn't it? And you know that whether God now, he has been using a red pipe, your husband's job, and now he has to use a green pipe, Maybe whatever else he is likely to use. Does it matter to you? No. In as long as he provides. Can you see a lot of the financial issues will just disappear when our belief system is actually changed? And the quarrels we are having will disappear because the worst thing that we do is to rely on each other. So we get frustrated. By the other day, I was told by a friend who came for to be cancelled in order to cancel. Ever heard of that? There are people who come to me not because they have a problem, but because they are cancelling somebody else and want to know what my advice is. And he was telling me of this person, again, if you are in this room, just forgive me, was telling me of this person who, who, who lost his job. And because he wasn't getting a job, they are both graduates, but because he was not getting a job quickly, what did the wife do? He gave notice. If you don't get a job at a certain time, you not eat in this house. He thought it was a joke. When the day reached, the maid was told to cook only enough food for the son, for the wife, and no one else. He came home late, found they had eaten, and the food that had remained was thrown actually to the dustbin. He slept hungry. He slept hungry another day. And finally, when the guy was not going, because the idea was to get hungry enough to leave, he never left. Do you know what the wife did? One day she moved houses without telling where he was going. And he came to find there was, since the wife was the one paying rent, he had nowhere to sleep. And that was the bed up of the marriage. And these are Christian women. I'm not talking about non-Christians. I'm talking about Christian people who never married a man, but instead of married a bank. Now, you need to understand once the bank closes, you go elsewhere, isn't it? Yeah. It is important to under ask yourself. <laughs> it's important to ask yourself, what is your belief about marriage? Because that belief will determine whether you endure marriage or enjoy it. Let us pray.
just want to give you a moment to evaluate your own attitude to marriage. Whether you are single or married, what is your attitude? Is your attitude traditional or biblical? I know a lot of the things I'm saying are easy to say but very difficult to practice. Only God can truly help you. Are you willing to commit your life and your marriage and your family to God's hands? Why don't you just tell God, forgive me for my attitude in the past. I want to surrender so that my belief system about marriage, my belief system about wealth, will now be biblical rather than traditional. Forgive me for my past. Take over from now. And my husband, my wife will notice the difference. Remember, you may be, you may be saying, oh, I wish my husband was here to hear. You are no responsibility to change your husband. You are responsible to change yourself. And God will not take you to hell for what your husband did or did not do. It's what you yourself did not do or did. So the critical thing is to think about yourself. Your belief system. Not your husband's belief system. Not your wife's belief system. Please surrender to God. The difference between whether you enjoy or enjoy your marriage is whether you submit it to God or you run it traditionally. I want to pray for you. Is there somebody saying, Brother Nanga, pray for me. I'm seeking God's forgiveness. Pray for me. I want a change in my belief system, in my attitude about marriage and about finances and about wealth. Anybody saying, Brother Nanga, pray with me. You put up your hand, the Lord bless you, put the hand down. Anybody else, the Lord bless you, put the hand down. The Lord bless you, put the hand down. The Lord bless you, put the hand down. Anybody else? The Lord bless you up there, put the hand down. Anybody else? Don't put up a second time. Anybody else? The Lord bless you, put the hand down. Anybody else? You are saying, Brother Nanga, include me. I truly want God's intervention, but I want to change myself. My belief system has to change. I need God's help. Anybody else saying, yeah, the Lord bless you. Don't put up a second time. Anybody else who wants to be included in this prayer? Anybody else? I don't want to close you out. The Lord bless you. Put the hand down. Anybody else? Just between you and God. I know there is a battle going on. Don't put up your hand. But it's you to surrender to God so that he can take over. Or do you want to run your own life and your marriage? Anybody else? The Lord bless you. Put the hand down. I just want to ask Brother Walunda to just come and uh, take us to God in prayer. God means business. And as you surrender to him, he will change your belief system. Your behavior will change. The quality of your marriage will change, Robin.